truly partnership work, not sponsorship anymore. There isn't so much the people that come to you and say, oh, I just want this billboard and I'll pay you whatever for it. Networking has been huge for me. I just started reaching out to people and, you know, I got no's or I got maybe next week. But then I also got the yeses that really helped me grow. I think in the NBA, we're becoming so global and you can just see that with the way we're going about our business. A lot is definitely still to come. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. One of the main things I have learned from executing this podcast over the last three years is that there are so many cool opportunities in our industry that I was not aware of when I was breaking into launching my career. Take today's guest, Drew Friedman, Partnership Development Manager for the Golden State Warriors. Working for a pro team sounds awesome, check. Working for a championship level pro team sounds even cooler, check. Getting a discount at the team store to buy Steph Curry jerseys for everyone would sure make Christmas a lot easier, check. Working in partnership development. Wait, that sounds like something I've never heard of. Intellectually, I can figure out what the job means and what is required, but I don't really know, and I'm sure many of you don't either, that this was a career path that could be pursued and I didn't really know the nuance of the role. Drew will explain it all to you better than I ever could. But consider for a second that you are a representative of a great and powerful brand. Adobe, Chase, Pepsi, Verizon. And the Warriors set a meeting with you, the partnership team sets a meeting with you to pitch ideas on how your brand can be associated with the Warriors brand. Partnerships. You'll get in front of the Warriors audience, run cool in-arena activations and social campaigns. Okay, that all makes sense, right? Well, over her career, from the Miami Dolphins, Miami FC, San Jose Earthquakes, and now for the sixth-time NBA champion Golden State Warriors, Drew has made these plans and ideas come to life. She has activated and orchestrated the idea into game day reality. She is building relationships with partners, delivering on their needs, and executing amazing events and programs to make their partners feel satisfied and come back for more. Connected to business, revenue optimization, creative marketing, and cool game day activations. Sounds like a pretty cool career path in the sports industry. Let's learn more from my friend Drew Friedman, Partnership Development Manager for the Golden State Warriors. Hey, Drew. How are you today? Thanks for jumping on the show. Great. How are you, Brian? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is great. I'm excited to talk to you. You're in a very interesting part of the sports industry, an area that a lot of the people listening may not know a lot about. So it's cool to be able to share with them your journey and how you figured this out and where you are now. So let's dive into this. Six years after graduating from the University of Miami, you were the Partnership Development Manager for the Golden State Warriors. Super cool. But how did you figure out this fit for yourself? Did this just come about organically or did you have kind of a plan as you're going through college and as you were in early career that this is where you wanted to be? How did it all work out? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting story. I grew up a sports fan. I'm the oldest in my family. So my dad kind of latched onto me to be part of of the sports fan. Um, He took me to Knicks games growing up. I grew up on Long Island. So we had season tickets to the Knicks going uh, to games all the time. 
So really huge sports fan growing up. Um, I really wanted to make my way out to California, which is crazy because I'm out here now. And my mom did not want me going to school out West. So she showed me University of Miami. We went to the campus and uh, in the video before the tour started, there was a sports management major. And we both looked at each other and I was like, that's cool. I didn't know that was a thing (laughs) to do. Um, So it kind of struck my mind. Uh, I started out at UM with that as my major and kind of went through it, went through the classes. And when I took my sport management marketing class uh, with Dr. D's, I just fell in love with it. And I thought that's kind of the path I wanted to go. So that summer I looked into what can I do back in New York that was around sports marketing um, and ended up at Madison Square Garden, which couldn't have been a better place. Although I was working with the Rangers and I wasn't so much a hockey fan at the time, I still got to experience a place that I've gone to my whole life, uh, going to see sporting yeah, events. That's, so That's cool. Getting in your home market and working there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Although obviously games weren't going on. It was summertime. I still got it, uh, extensive experience in what marketing for a sports team was like. Um, really just piqued my uh, interest in that area of the business. And I continued to look for areas that I could, you know, tackle on that front for internships um, and was lucky enough to get an internship with an organization really close to campus called You First Sports. They're actually based out in Madrid and they are a marketing agency that also represents players. So there were agents there working at the office as well as a team working on more of partnerships and events and things like that with companies that they worked with all over the globe. So I got huge exposure to that. And at that time... International experience. That's cool. Yeah. I worked with our office a lot in South America. um, And then also um, at that time, the Heat had signed Tyler Johnson to a few 10 day contracts. And he was one of the players that the agents in our um, office represented. So we were able to kind of work on that front and see what we could do partnership wise. And that really opened my eyes to working on partnerships and what that was like. And when I went to games from then on out, I'd see all these brands and how they would interact with, with the team, with the fans. And it just really was something I was super passionate about, um, especially with brands that I was tied to as, you know, a consumer, um, really love to see those brands, uh, interact with fans and, and the sports team. So, I did want to find my way into partnerships after I graduated. Um, and it did definitely take a while. Um, but I eventually found my way, uh, applying to a bunch of different roles. Uh, the dolphins had a few roles open, um, in August of the time I was kind of applying. And I started out interviewing for a sales coordinator position in the ticket office and ended up getting a role within the activation side of their partnerships team. So that's really where I ended up starting. And it was kind of a lucky situation. I I ended up going in for the interview for the sales coordinator role and they just threw on me meeting with some of the people on the activation side for the sponsorship team. And I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. This is great. And then was offered the job um, on the activation team instead of the sales role that I originally went in for. So that okay, was pretty Okay, so that's cool. interesting. I want to I want to get in I want to get in there really quick. Did you advocate for yourself in that moment? Like when you were going through the interview process for this particular job as a sales coordinator, but you saw this opportunity with the activation team, did you speak up and say to them like actually this is somewhere I'd really like to go in my career or did you just kind of let it happen? 
I, I kind of let it happen. They just said, okay. you know, they're they're looking for someone to add to this team. So we figured you might be a good fit here as well. Um, we'd yeah. love to have you interview. So I think I interviewed with two people on the team. Um, and then I interviewed with like five people on the sales side and ticketing. So yeah. I, I obviously didn't want to, you know, I was going in for the ticketing role. So I wanted to make sure I still seemed that I was interested in that role. Right. and didn't want to distract myself there. But um, when I got to the chance to talk to the partnership folks, I was very excited and um, obviously showed my interest there and, and was able to get the role. Um, so that was really exciting. Okay, so let's lean into this a little bit because I always have these curiosities. I know everybody listening does too of what exactly it means to work in partnership development. Obviously, we kind of get it from like a intellectual standpoint of like teams, leagues, individuals partner with brands, right? We get that. But let's start with the career path a little bit. You started in activation with the Dolphins. What does that exactly mean and entail? What was that role like? Yeah, so activation pretty much means once the contract is finalized and the, and the the sponsors on board, the partners on board, we get to bring it to life. So that's what's really fun about this role is that everything that comes through is is kind of a vision at first, and then the activation or the partnership development manager at the Warriors that my role currently is, we get to really bring this to life and make it happen with all different areas of the organization. So I'm not just working with my team regularly. I'm working with the marketing team. I'm working with the digital team. I'm working with the creative team to really bring everything to life um, in game entertainment as well. So it's it's fun because every day is pretty different and you're, you're taking an activation that's just on paper that is a thought, a vision that the partner and, and us came up with to really engage their brand with our fans and see it really come to life in a, in a vision on, on the field, on the court, um, in social media and on digital, you know, a really cool video. So there's so many ways that activation can go. It's, it's not just one straightforward path and it's a very creative space, which I enjoy. When I first started in the media and I was producing shows, it was the same thing. Like you'd see your show go out on the air and you knew other people were watching it. It was like that, exultory kind of moment. Like you just celebrate and be like, this is so cool that people are seeing my work. Is that what it was kind of like for you in activation side, knowing that on game day or when something went out on digital, it's like, there it is. Like everybody can see it. Like this is really cool and energizing. Definitely. And also experiencing it with the fans too is really cool. Like one of the things that I was able to do when I was at the Dolphins that I really enjoyed, although you know, it was, it was just a little something at the time we got to bring fans on the field after the game for a post game field goal kick to win. Um, I think it was Hooters wings for the rest of your life or for a year or something strange like that. (laughs) Yeah. Super cool. The wings part. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, it was fun because you get to see those fans reactions of being selected and then being able to go on the field of their team that, plays there every single Sunday. And although, yeah, I step on that field frequently because I'm working there and doing different activations, but these fans, this is their first and maybe only time ever experiencing this. So not only is it for the, for the partner and making this cool thing happen and getting the engagement from, from our community with, with, with their brand, but it's also seeing these fans really under like getting this once in a lifetime experience that 
is just unmatchable. Okay, so I just want to be clear here. So you're not just as an working in activation. You're not just sitting in a cube planning these things. You're actually there on game day also, and and seeing these things actually come to life. Yes, of course. It's, oh my it's gosh, that's be part, so cool. I think um, you know, going into all the planning and everything that goes into it is a lot of hard work and and gathering all the people within the organization to make it come to life. Um, so seeing it firsthand is is the best part of my job for sure. Oh my gosh, it sounds like so much fun just being there as a part of it. Okay, so what is that normal step then as you look at this and you're starting out and you're in activation and you're thinking, I want to grow, I want to continue in this in this realm, but what's that next step? Is that is that where you get into partnership development? Is that the next logical step in the career path? Yeah, I just, I was able to kind of navigate um, through different opportunities and I was able to then move on to Miami FC, which was at the time there in their first season, I started right when they were kicking off the NASL season at the time, which used to be second division. Now USL is in the second division spot, but very startup feel. So I was able to touch a lot um, and also work on the sales side plus the activation side. So kind of have a, had a hybrid role where I helped the director um, what go into pitches and create the pitches that we we're going to different companies for to be part, to become partners. And then, activate that from there. So definitely was able to see both sides and enjoy both sides of the process. Um, and I think knowing both sides is super helpful and has gotten me to where I am today because there's so much more than just once the contract comes to you, once they decide to be a part of a, this partnership, activating it and then making sure they want to come back. Right. So you have to be the, the person that has the client relations and and makes those relationships really strong to show them that you you want to be here and you want them to be here um, and we can do something really cool and continue to do something really cool to help your brand continue to thrive and and our brand together it's, it's truly partnership work not sponsorship anymore there isn't so much the people that come to you and say oh I just want this billboard and I'll pay right. you whatever for it or um, I just want people to see my name on your broadcast because I know all these people are watching um, it's really more about how can we really make an impact together and grow our brands together and those are the people that we want as part of our organization and to be partners. So that's truly what what I love about about the role and has as I've grown I've really taken pride in in building those relationships and making sure that we have these partners that want to make the impact and be able to do all these really cool things. Yeah, and those partners are the ones that are more that are invested are the ones that are more likely to stay and be loyal and rather than just turning over a different logo each year, they're involved, they're invested, they really want to be a part of this. That's really cool. So as you kind of look at this this career path and partnership development and working in partnerships, obviously it's a great fit for you. You've found somewhere, you you found a home and it's something that you've continued to progress with. What do you think are those core attributes or specific skills that make this such a natural fit to you? Are there certain aspects of it? Obviously there's creativity and obviously there's other things involved in it. But when you look at it, how would you break it down to somebody of like, these are really the skills you need to have to be good in this realm. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the top things that comes to mind is just really liking being around people and having great people skills and just building relationships is huge. Once you have those relationships, those partners really trust you and and want your opinion on what they are doing and how they can do it better. Um, so I would say that's definitely um, a top one on my list and also just 
being being friendly, being organized, and all those kind of come with it as well. But really just being that person that can be trustworthy and someone that you can you can go to and, and have a relationship with um, is really key in this role. It's very client-facing, uh, client-forward. So you're, you're always, you know, have to have that impression of I'm, I'm here for you and I'm here to do what's best for you um, to, to get the, the outcome that we're looking for. So um, that's what I would say is, is definitely yeah. a, the top attribute of, of someone looking to get into this role. And it's also, you know, being creative and just being um, innovative in, in your thought of like, how, how can we always do this better? That's definitely something you you need to keep in the back of your mind because next year we don't just want to rinse and repeat what we did although yes we do want to get exactly we want to get a good outcome again and and have that same passion but also to do it even better the next time yeah that's cool how would you articulate the differences in starting out on the activation side versus now six years in being more on the development management side how does that kind of um, what are the, what have been those differences that you've seen take place as you've advanced or different responsibilities? Yeah, definitely. Right now, I'm still still on the activation side and have a very also have to be thoughtful of the the renewals and and bringing the partners back as well, which has definitely grown as I've progressed within my career. And I think also starting out mostly just managing those activations and making sure that they were happening and and being there on the day of, but now really being the creativity and the thought process behind it and how we can always get better is, is huge in my role currently. Um, and always just thinking of what can we do to continue to make this better? Um, it is definitely huge as well as the renewal part. Yeah. Renewal, getting people coming back is always important over the last couple of years where, you know, we're getting back to normal. People are at events again, and that's great. We want to continue looking forward. But over the last couple of years, when that wasn't happening, how important was it to lean into the digital activations as well and, and use that channel? Because if you think about it, even at Chase Center, the capacity is, you know, 18,000-ish. Um, but you've got an active audience on Twitter. Let's see, the Warriors Twitter account has over 7 million followers right now, and they're available 24-7. How important is it to creatively integrate digital, whether it's with the earthquakes or whether it's with any of these other opportunities you've had, how important is it to integrate the digital opportunity into the activations as much as the in-arena events? Yeah, definitely. I think it also depends on on the partner, right? Like every partner has different goals and objectives. And during the pandemic, when we weren't able to have fans in, in the stadium or in the arena, relying on digital was was huge. Um, obviously, you've seen a lot of the NBA teams doing the like virtual um, sidelines um, mm. for fans to kind of watch into the games. We did a bunch of virtual watch parties and brought in alumni and 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 things to watch the game with the with the fans, which was super exciting too. Um, but also just that that fan base online, right? That's not just those fans that are coming to games. That's not just those fans that are in the Bay area per se. Those are fans all over the world. Um, so definitely making sure that, you know, we're in using that to the best of our ability to still sh- showcase what our, what our partners are doing and what our partners goals and objectives are um, to reach that wide net fan base. Um, so I think in the NBA too, which is super cool is that they're, we're becoming so, so global in scale and it's a it's a definitely a priority for the NBA too and and you can just see that with with the way we're 
we're going about our business. Um, a lot is definitely still to come, but I'm definitely excited to see what, what's available and, and what we can do with partners globally, um, through, through digital, or maybe even eventually, you know, in different locations. So we'll see. Well, you're at a pretty amazing organization. So it's a, I would imagine it's a pretty fun place to be. Uh, so we just had a recent podcast where we discussed the benefits of getting going back and getting your master's or somebody right after graduation deciding to go get their master's. Prior to the Warriors, uh, while working for the San Jose Earthquakes in partnership marketing, you went back and got your master's at USF in sports management. Why was this an important decision for you? Yeah, I think just knowing that there was potentially more out there to learn too. Um, I was actually like, I was long distance with my now husband at the time. So he was living out in the Bay area and I was still in Miami working for Miami FC and I knew I wanted to come out here. So every time I flew out here to visit, I'd make sure I'd talk to someone in the industry, whether it's with someone on the team side or an agency, just to really get my name out there. And and hopefully if they had a role eventually open up, they'd, they'd reach out to me. Um, it definitely was hard coming all the way from, you know, the East coast out here, um, to find a role more entry level since I was only at that point about two years out of college. Um, so I did look into what could I do to, you know, enhance my resume. And I came across USF. I spoke to a lot of professors at the university of Miami too, to see, you know, is this something that you would recommend me look into? And when I got into USF, they were like, for sure, definitely go, um, great program, great professors. And to be truly honest, I didn't really know going into it what I would gain from it. And it was, it's been incredible. The professors there have helped me extremely just getting connected within the Bay Area, growing my just passion for the sports industry and really learning how to be a a great business professional in the sports industry as well. Also helping me through the little things, right? Like when you get a promotion, um, how to ask for more money, um, and how to do those little things that are, that are for, for yourself as well. Um, so, and just being confident in myself, I, I learned a lot just going through the program, um, met some great friends along the way as well, who, you know, are all in the same place as me and we could bounce ideas off each other, talk about what we're going through within our organizations or looking for new jobs and something that is unique to the sports industry, I think, is that when you're in it, it's just, it's, it's definitely a grind in the beginning. And, and once you kind of get your network there and, and your feet down, it, it, it really helps you um, in the end. And not many people in other industries understand that. So having that support system, especially now being across the country from my family and not having, um, you know, my parents here, just having, um, you know, my husband here and being able to talk to him wasn't the same sometimes as talking to, you know, some of my, some of my friends going through the exact same thing. Um, so I was lucky enough to get a part-time offer originally from, from the quakes and then made it full time within five months and was there for then four and a half years and went all the way from the assistant to the partnership marketing manager, managing, you know, two of the largest accounts there. And it was, it was an incredible experience. And, um, I definitely put all of it towards my network to the, to USF, to, to university of Miami and just the, the strides I made to, to get my name out there too. Okay, so structurally, this is an important question to me. You did your undergrad, worked for a little bit, 
and then went back and got your master's. Some people will go to school and get their undergrad and go right into their master's. I tend to lean towards your way. What do you think <laughs> looking back now? Was it beneficial to have that time that you did some work getting out there, getting some experience, and then went and got your master's? What's your take on that? Definitely. I think for me, at least, like I wouldn't have known anything about the sports industry going into getting my master's if I just went straight to get my master's. The fact that I had background of how some teams worked and how at least what I was interested in going into, how that structured and how I wanted to kind of progress. So I had an idea going into it of like how I wanted to continue to grow and how I wanted to continue to develop my skills to to become a, a leader in our in our industry. And um, I think that really helped me you know, get the full-time role at the Quakes and continue to grow at the Quakes while I was there. And then eventually now get get the role I have currently with the Warriors. So we've been doing the show for a long time. We get a lot of fans that ask questions and want to develop themselves too. And they come in with some really good stuff sometimes. And I'll answer them, but sometimes I like to throw them out at the, the guests too, because I don't know, I think they're good questions are kind of fun. So we had a one written in from Tasha Getton and she she gets a shout out here, but she asked me, but now I'm asking you, what are three things you do in your free time that you believe have helped you advance in your career? So I'd love to hear from you. What do you think you do outside of the work that have kind of helped you grow? Yeah, I, I definitely think networking has been huge for me. Um, joining organizations that kind of help and have have other people in it that will help support you in those situations. Um, so wise women in sports and entertainment is something yeah. I've been a part of in Miami a little bit. And definitely as soon as I moved out here to the Bay area, currently I'm now the VP of the wise Bay area. So very excited oh, nice. about that role. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. This, this year will be my first year as vice president and I'm super excited, but th- that community that, I've been able to be a part of. I've learned so much from from all those women that I've met. Um, have really been able to ask them questions about you know how they got to where they are. Really yeah. to learn how to expand and become a, a leader in our industry. So I would say definitely network or just you know ask someone to go get coffee one day and just just talk. Just those in- informational interviews are huge, and you know you don't know until you ask if they're going to say yes or no and what's the worst that can come? They don't answer. Then ask someone else, you know, there's always someone out there that's, that's that. going to want to help. Um, at least for me, I, as I got into my master's and as I started progressing in my career and just knowing where I wanted to go, I, I just started reaching out to people and, you know, I got, I got no's or I got maybe next week or, you know, maybe next month to follow back up with me. But then I also got the yeses that really helped me grow and helped me grow my network too. Um, and I've, got some really great mentors and friends um, from that, doing that specifically. So I would say those two things are definitely huge. Um, Two's good enough. That's fine. Your answers are already way better than mine. Mine were like, I don't know, I catch up on sleep and I read books and like yours are better. Yeah, I I was actually (laughs) going to say read read books next. Oh yeah, totally. That actually um, is definitely something I I love doing. I read a lot of historical fiction, but also some fun books on the side too. And when I was actually interviewing with the Warriors in the in the background of my interview, like I had all all these books that were lined up behind me and I was asked, Oh, it seems like you like to read. You have a lot of books behind you and and 
asked me, you know, what, what's your favorite in that stack? And I think that's just such a good conversation starter, mm-hmm. um, you know, passing along. What books. was it? What was your favorite in the stack? Do you remember? Yeah. The silent patient. I don't know that one. What is that? Yeah. So it's, it's more of like a thriller book. Um, it, it, there's a second one that comes out with it. The maidens it's by Alex. I can't remember his last name. It's Alex okay. something. Um, it's, it's really a great twist and turn with an awesome ending. Um, awesome. And it leads into to the second book, The Maidens, but you can also read them separately. But just being able to have, you know, books to talk about, I think, is is always a, a great start to a conversation and can lead to totally who knows where. I love book talk. No, seriously, I'm totally with you on that. I do think that's important. And I find, like, I get to be a better writer because we all write. We like we're all communicators. Like everybody, whether, no matter what aspect you're in, you're communicating with other people. I think the more I read really good authors, the better writer I become by by just coming with osmosis and just feeling those moments. So I think reading is super important. So I'm glad we both kicked that one off. <laughs> okay, so we'll finish up with this. I'm super appreciative of all your time, Drew. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I know our audience will as well. Um, the cool factor is very high in your job. I mean, the idea of not only being creative, but activating in the event and on the court and being around the environment, I think is really inspiring. And a lot of people in our audience may say, oh my gosh, I didn't know that existed, but I'm excited by it. So to those people, what advice would you give them and and to help them propel a little further in their careers and get prepared for what's out there? Yeah, definitely. To go back to my point, I would say informational interviews and just trying to meet up with as many people as you can. Even if you get a no, follow back up a few months later. Or if you do get a yes and you have a 15-minute conversation with someone that goes really well, you know, follow back up in a, in a few months or so and, and really be able to build that relationship because that's really where I think you'll learn a lot from that person. Plus, you'll be able to utilize it, you know, when you go to an interview or, um, you know, to learn something more about what, what you want to do in the industry. And that, that truly helped me get where I am today. I don't think I would have been able to move out to California without those discussions I had with people who already lived out here and who are in the industry. And really the, the people who had the passion for, for what I'm doing now really instilled the passion in me and, you know, made me want to continue to push forward. And although sometimes it's hard and, Sometimes it takes a while to get into the industry. It wasn't overnight where I just ended up, you know, where I am today. It's been six, almost seven years. And I have really just kept with it and pushed forward and, you know, have positive people around you as well who who support you. Um, I think that's huge. Um, Cellini from USF always says uh, to the first class that you're in when you're in USF, you know, get rid of the lobsters around you. A lobster is someone who pulls you down because when they're in the pot boiling water, they don't care if the other lobsters out, like they're pulling, they're pulling you down to get out as well. So I like that. Yeah. Don't, don't have any lobsters in your life. He'll, he'll appreciate that. that I said that. I love that. Yeah. It's great advice too. Cause it is, it's so hard when you're, t- when you're surrounded by toxic people that are competing with you. One of the things we talk about a lot on our team is like, we want to be competitive and compete with, people externally, but internally, we need to be supportive and help each other grow. And I think that's, you don't always find people like that. A lot of people are trying to step on you to get higher and surround yourself with the right people. No lobsters. I like that saying. Yeah, definitely. I can't take credit. It's definitely, definitely Cellini. So 
All right. We'll, we'll, that's fine. We'll, I'm going to still give you credit. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> thank you so much, Drew. This is awesome. I, I really appreciate this conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for you and all that you're doing out there with the Warriors and your career growth and everything you've got ahead of you. So congratulations to your success and thanks for being on here. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate the time, Brian. Thank you to Drew for coming on the show. I so appreciate her sharing some of the activation she's done, her process, the relationship building importance, and just how she found this fit in the industry. I think that is one of the things that we all struggle with. I want to work in sports. What do I do? And her sharing her stories of how she figured out that path for herself that fit and learning so much through internships and getting out there and trying things and finding her niche, I think is just such a powerful exercise for you all to be aware of and consider. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to have you here. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us continue to grow. We love doing this podcast. We just passed over 600,000 downloads of this show, and it's thanks to all of you for doing so and being a part of this community. Let's help us continue to grow. I want to hit a million, so bring it, people. Let's listen. Let's share. Let's rate, review. Help me build this thing even bigger than it was before. I appreciate you.